it starts. We did it. Yay. We're doing it. Hooray. <laughs> it's official. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have to start introducing. Well, good evening, everybody. It's good it's evening or morning whenever anyone's listening to this. I don't give a shit. Uh, oh, I told you, you can cuss in this because we're, this is not a, this is a family show, a Christian show. So yeah, just like, just like your <laughs> idol, Alex Jones, you can go at it. <laughs> Well, welcome to a special <laughs> welcome to a very special episode of stuff we're obsessed with and we're going to talk about dune i am um you know your god emperor obviously i'm jose and joining me um i think i've decided to name you my newly made uh duncan idaho gola with the freshly metal eyes it's mac bryce everybody he's my new co-host for these dune episodes yeah hi how are you doing i'm doing good how are you you know surviving how's crazy world exactly how's year three of the pandemonium i'm starting to feel like we're inching closer and closer to dune well (laughs) once we get sandworms i guess that's on my bingo card for 2022 I don't I don't want that. I don't want that. I hope I don't really want that. Sandworms. Where where? Like where would they come from? Honestly. Arizona. If trimmers taught me anything. That is true. That's true. That's true. But I kind of I mean, I don't I don't need more terrible things. I kind of I'm still hoping for to get to see multiverse of madness in the theaters. That's the only, yeah. That's the only serotonin boost I got going on right now. The, the, only, the only glimmer of hope left, and and I'll Doom Part four. Two, and Doom yeah. Part Two. Whenever Doom Part Two, Marvel Phase Four, all of it. Yeah, the only good things left in this world. So, Matt, tell me, tell me, tell me how you were exposed to to Frank Herbert's masterpiece. So my dad actually was a big sci-fi nerd in the 70s and passed down his collection of books. And so I've actually got one of the first edition copies of book one of Dune that I read as a little kid. Nice, 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 nice. So what was your impression of Mr. Paul Moadib Atreides. Oh shit, that's a spoiler, you guys. He gets a new name. Oops. Yeah, I'm. I have a kind of rule that I've been telling my few friends. I'm telling I'm doing this. I'm. I'm gonna avoid spoilers. I keep doing air quotes as if everyone who's listening to this can hear, see me do this. Um. But yeah, no, sorry for the second movie. He gets a new name. Oops. Actually, he gets two. He's supposed to get two. I don't know if they're going to do it in the movie, but yes. They should, they should, though, because it's important. It's very important. It's very important. But yeah, how was your, what was your impression of Mr. Paul Atreides? I loved it. I love the acting. I love the way they portrayed the character. I feel like it was very true to the heart of the books, kind of the intention of mm-hmm. the character. But it's you know i mean as with everything it's not exactly who you have pictured in your head playing them yeah. but that's movies 
<laughs> have you seen the other two versions? I mean, you've seen the David Lynch version. I like the David Lynch version. Have you seen the sci-fi uh, version of Frank Herbert's Dune? The sci-fi channel one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've watched parts of it. It's tough to get through. <laughs> I, that was my first exposure to Dune. That was how I was exposed to Dune for the first time. I started watching. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And then I think a while later, I saw children. And then I found that it was a book. And I read the book. And then I read the book again and again and again. See, I read the book, watched David Lynch, probably reread the book two or three times, and then watched the sci-fi movie. And after going from David Lynch to the sci-fi channel movie, it's tough. (laughs) I went sci-fi movies, I mean, sci-fi channel movies to David Lynch. And... You went the correct way. I mean... (laughs) Don't get me wrong. Some of the things in David Lynch movies are kind of, kind of okay, kind of okay. I'm trying to think in my brain really, really hard. What are the kind of okay things to kind of justify that? But I can't think of them right now. Oh, the artwork in the in the 4K. That's kind of okay. See, that's something. Yeah, that one's good. That's a, that one's good. Um, but no, like the sci-fi version of the of Dune was very colorful, very bright, very colorful. So going from that to saying David Lynch, which was like near S and M, spacey, um, they were what was it? Uh, track suits. I don't know. It was just it was not what I kind of envisioned for Dune. And then I found out about Jodorowsky's version, and I was like, no. <laughs> I will say Sci-Fi Channel's costuming is so much better than anything else. It's very pretty. It's very pretty. And then it gets very toned down for children. <laughs> yeah. And it looks less sci-fi, more fantasy. But it still looks nice. Still looks nice. I just pulled up pictures of them and I'm having visceral flashbacks. <laughs> I mean, upon reading children and then kind of seeing what they did with James McAvoy. It's not the same, but still James McAvoy is pretty, so it's it's passable. It's passable. Yeah. I like, once you know more and more about, like, the sci-fi channel where they draw influences, it's fun to go back and look at their costumes. Yeah. David Lynch is just always crazy. Yeah. I mean, again, Jodorowsky is right there too in that same corner. <laughs> so we can't. Yeah. Have you have you seen some of this? Have some of his stuff regarding Dune? I've seen some of the stuff that's floating around the internet. My the only thing that I that I kind of bring up to everybody whenever I bring up the Jodorowsky part is that he wanted to make uh, Luke Leto a, a eunuch or have him fully castrated. And then he, he gets Jessica pregnant by a drop of his blood. And that's like a more literal thing that he was trying to do with the interpretation of Jesus because Paul is a messiah. Yeah, I can see that. That fits his filming style pretty well. <laughs> I mean, and then and then um, Dolly was asking for like, I don't know, half a billion dollars to shoot the movie, to be in the movie. 
that was the other that was the other kicker yeah and that's a ton of money especially in the time because he wasn't trying to do it like recently that was way no. back in 80s? 60s 70s it was it was no it was early, oh. later than that yeah because by the time they they did um when they were going to do uh return of the jedi that's when david lynch said see ya, i'm gonna go do dune <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah <laughs> big mistake i mean and they pulled up the david lynch writing where they're writing the sandworms with little rope skis that's cute that's cute my thing it's the 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 thopters the thopters and when they're flying over a rack is oh that's adorable that's that's the adorable part right there okay so so i guess we gotta we got to start this officially because we've been talking already, but we got to start the, the official what we're going to be teaching the people today. Which is, yeah, which is. Oh, the but the Butlerian Jihad we're talking about today. Yeah. So what is what, what is the Butlerian Jihad? What do you know about it? So, very quick overview from what I know. It's the, you can't use a word to define a word. It is <laughs> the battle between humanity and the super intelligent AI robots that have basically been grooming and guiding humanity that people built to overthrow all of machines. To, to overthrow machines or all humans? Uh, the machines were trying to overthrow the humans. The humans were trying to overthrow yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. machines from yeah, overthrowing yeah, them. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so do you... Okay, you know there's two names for it, right? Yes. Uh, the Butler and Jihad and the Great Revolt. Yep. You know why, right? I know why it was the Jihad but or why it was the great revolt i forget why it was called the jihad okay so if you decide to call it uh the the butlerian jihad you're associating the events with the person so you're attributing everything that happened to this person as their sole responsibility (laughs) of the jihad but if you're calling it the great revolt it's more of a philosophical outlook of the whole thing as humanity as a whole was awakening to a next step if quote evolutionary process for them detaching themselves from machines and then fucking themselves over in the aftermath <laughs> which they going did, they... way too far the other way yeah yeah <laughs> so also also because of because of you know the whole thing if it's about Larry and jihad or the great revolt it, it, it brings up the issue of whether or not you know events shape people or people shape events which is a a important part within the dune series to an extent because once paul and the god emperor show up they're like nah bitch (laughs) we decide how everything well not not so much paul paul will show up will go and hide in his hole and then cry about it and the god emperor will actually do something about it Paul will become very much Harry Potter in the last couple books. Oh, God, no. 
or the last couple of movies, not books. <laughs> this is this is my thing for people when they go see that when they see uh, Messiah, they're gonna get so disappointed because Timmy is doing a great job, you know, becoming that th- this generation's Luke Skywalker in Goth Star Wars, <laughs> but. Yeah, no, when we get to do Messiah, it's going to be a whole different ball feel for everybody, especially for him. Yeah. Especially for him. Just don't be too whiny. That's my goal. I know you have to be, but you can make it not unbearable. Uh, it's true. It's true. I mean, I'm like a hundred and some pages into do Messiah and it's just him being unbearable. <laughs> I'm like, God, I know what's gonna happen in this book. I know what's the outcome, but I just, I just, I just need you to hurry up with all of this because it's just too much. That's the worst part of Messiah. But then you get the children. It's kind of cool then, because then we get babies and laser tigers. That's what makes it better. <laughs> it's spoilers. We're talking about future book <laughs> and movies. If you're just gonna watch the movies, yeah, I don't think they're gonna make children. I think the the plan is just to make Dune and Messiah, and that's it. I mean, it will be fucking cool if they do God Emperor. Children will lose so much of the normal people audience. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially if the if Leto has that moment of him contemplating having sex with his sister to maintain the Atreides bloodline. Yeah, and then that whole conflict. But I think I should. But I think I shouldn't do that. I don't know. They got away with it. Uh... And Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. They might turn into like an HBO special. There you go. Well, I mean, they're <laughs> supposed to be making a Dune HBO series for the Benny Gesserits. Yeah, I can see them doing children for that too or trying to wrap it in there. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Also, so we got to educate the people on certain things on certain terminologies that we're going to be using throughout the stories because um frank herbert doesn't explain things unless you go digging for things and figure it out yourself uh the dune wiki will become everyone's favorite during these episodes will be everyone's favorite if you're if you're super lucky you can dig around the internet and maybe find the encyclopedia because um brian herbert his son who is in charge now of the dune estate um has no longer published the encyclopedia like it's no longer publishing which uh yeah it's uh it's it's interesting it's interesting i'm just gonna say that because i don't want to get sued i was gonna say they're very litigious yee i mean good for him you know he's keeping his father's legacy alive good for him but i'm just like brah some of this stuff was already written like why Especially this story is such a badass story how it shows up in the encyclopedia and then what you did in Legends is like you went too literal with the whole part. All right, so so terms, 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 terms. Uh, in the Doom timeline, uh, it's divided between BG and AG, which is before Guild and after Guild. And that's an event that takes place after the Butlerian Jihad, which is when the formation of the Spacing Guild takes place after the Battle of Curran and when... The Spacing Guild is established as, you know, the main form of transportation throughout the, the, the known universe. Um, the other things you everyone should know is Chome, which I hate Chome. 
I hate Chum with the passion. I hate when every time he shows up because it's all economic bullshit, but you, you have to understand about, you have to know about Dune. Unless you're playing the strategy games. I've learned that if you're playing the strategy games, all this shit is very important. And it's fun there, but not fun reading it. Yes. So, so are you going to tell people what Chome stands for? Yes, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Especially, <laughs> spiritually, I'm getting there. Okay, so Chome, the, the word Chome stands for the Combined Hornet Ober Advanced Mercantile. And basically, Chome is everything. It is training. It is the military. It's the collective of all the noble houses within the Imperium, uh, at, well, you know, the Imperium, which is after the Jihad. Uh, each, has, uh, each house holds a portion of the stocks. And the amount of the portions determine your power. So the emperor holds a big amount and then goes to Spacing Guild. And then after them, within the Dune movie, will be House Harkonnen until the end of the movie. By the end of the movie, they're almost poor because of what they did. Which I think I can say they fucked up at the Atreides and they killed everybody. The movie is already out, so it's fine. It's fine. We can spoil the movie. Yeah. I think spoiling the first movie is fine. Yeah, that's okay. So then the other term is Landsrad, which Paul mentions it several times in the movie. And then the way I kind of figure out how to explain Landsrad, the Landsrad is uh, the simplest way, which is during the Butlerian Jihad, I mean, pre-Butlerian Jihad, the Landsrad was basically the Republic for the prequel in Star Wars. So like, each of these different planets that only had a recognized government will send a delegate over to whatever planet ha- was holding the Landsrad Senate and there they will debate their shit. That's how it was before the Balerian Jihad, which was basically like a Senate, you know, different planets sends their representative do their shit. Um, after the Butlerian Jihad, it became the emperor oversaw the whole thing and then the members of the noble houses will send a representative to the emperor, facing guild, and then matters will be dealt amongst them, including like feuds and shit like that. So that's basic doom shit that we're going to be mentioning a lot and kind of becomes important because the movie just kind of like mentions them and just moves along. So, yeah, I've always heard it described as the Landrat is like the League of Nations and. Yeah world history and then the guild and for a not a lesser but a different extent the god emperor the great houses or the you know un and nato and kind of relating it to that yeah yeah (laughs) for those history nerds (laughs) so officially we can we can launch now into the first part the pre the prelude the prelude to the big story so, have you heard of the Comos and Rishis? Uh, very vaguely. I think they're more mentioned in the Dune Encyclopedia than anything because, spoilers for anyone listening to this, the Butlerian Jihad or the Great Revolt is very lightly mentioned in the books, but I mean, like it's mentioned throughout, but there's no real description. Mm-hmm. you have to go find official and unofficial compendiums for it because it's the predecessor to all the events in the books yeah <laughs> no, no. so Rishis and Comos actually become like very important later on in Dune um, 
and then there's there's an event that happens during the the jihad because the, the jihad uh, takes place almost 100 years is on the year 200 bg to the year 108 eg something like some shit like that um and then during that time something happens that switches the roles for comos and richie's and i'll explain that later but diving into the story do you want to read the 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 quote from the the good the good reverend mother helen mohaim yes um so the quote from the reverend mother is once men turned their thinking over to machines in the hope that this would set them free but that only permitted other men with machines to enslave them that's a badass quote basically it sums up the whole jihad yeah i was gonna say you pretty much just summed up the event right there but we gotta go deeper because <laughs> you know that's not enough for people who are not familiar with dune so we gotta explain it to them we gotta spoon feed it to them in applesauce form which I've always, reading those quotes from the Reverend Mother, I've always pictured her as kind of like the voice of an elf from Lord <laughs> of the Rings or any other sci-fi, and I don't know why. I mean, she she does has she in the books it kind of sounds like her voice is a, in an echo, like a deep well of knowledge. They kind of got that yeah. right in the movie, though. And I think that's why I've always associated with the kind of the stereotypical movie elf voice it does it, it is very effective it's very effective to what uh to what it's supposed to to do okay so as i was saying before we start with the jihad thing we have to explain what comos and richies are so richies was this um it was an industrialized world that conquered comos and comos was an agricultural smaller world the way uh, Richie's conquered Comos was because they showed up and said, hey, we have way more people than you, and we can basically destroy this planet if we want to. And Comos was like, all right, we'll give you what you want in exchange for you not to destroy us. And that's basically how it starts. Um, once Richie's takes over Comos, they uh, inerked it, ex- uh, inerked it, what the hell is that word? It just made up a word right now. Um, so once the Richies took over, uh, they started establishing these regional governors, if you want to call them that way, called exarchs. And then under them were the administrators called the logistos. So there was 10 districts in Comos, and then there's 10, ex- 10 exarchs, and below them were the logistos. And so another important thing about uh, Rishis, I keep I just learned the other day that if I moved away, if I move too far away from where I'm standing right now, it's not gonna pick me up right. So I I I, I I'm I'm really struggling to stay still because when I'm talking, I move everywhere. So this is not fun for me. So also, as I was saying, also Rishis depended heavily on computers and depended heavily on technology, on thinking machines. And that's one of the reasons why it, it, it also was using Comos as, you know, their food supply because they couldn't do that themselves. Now that we got that out of the way, that we established the beginning, do you know about the OG Dune, uh, the OG Dune version of Ripley from space, <laughs> from aliens? <laughs> 
That depends who you're discussing about. We're talking about uh, the the lady Jihan Butler. Yes, yes, yes. What do you know about Jihan? We're going to talk about there's another name for her, but that's in the Dune Legends, and we're going to get to Brian and Kevin's version later. Oh, those fun ones. Uh, oh, she's the one. If you ever look up a picture of the Great Revolt or the Butlerian Jihad, you will, not that listeners can see it, see a lady standing on a pedestal kind of holding her arms out like why? She has yellow hair. In, yeah, in front of a whole bunch of people with weapons. That is her, Jihan Butler. She was a priestess she had a there's not a politically correct way to say it but it was a malformed child that a sentient robot decided to abort of its own free will and then she found out it was the robots trying to control humanity through kind of a breeding or selective birth process mm -hmm. And she kind of helped start the revolt or the jihad. Okay. Which is why it's called the Butlerian Jihad. Okay. Also, I just remember that earlier we were, before we started recording, I asked if you read the encyclopedia and you said no. And I'm like, fuck yes, this is important. So he doesn't know the full story I was supposed to play out. So I can wow you with details. <laughs> Okay, okay, but you, you did, you said a pretty good amount of information on who she is, you know, she was priestess, you know, something happened with their baby, and then she initiated the jihad, which is all pretty, you know, pretty spot on things, but, you know, let's start with the whole thing, you know, Dune, within Dune, women are important, they, they play a very significant uh, role within the stories, and, and especially in Dune, for being a story about a, a, a coming of age hero, the way it ends with two women speaking about their role within his life, it's very important. And then once we get to Chapter House, and not even Chapter House, when we get to Heretics and Chapter House, that's all lady-centric. And then God Emperor yeah. with the with the Fish Speaker Army, that's all lady lady army. So Dune is heavily is heavy for the ladies, and this is an example right here with the jihad i'm giving max sometimes because he's drinking water i'm considerate it is chocolate milk oh oh my bad my bad okay i'm <laughs> i'm the one here drinking water because i'm healthy look at that i'm, I'm helping myself <laughs> not at all <laughs> yeah dune is i can't i can't drink drink and do podcasts because then i get all slurry i can't do that same that's why I was like, I'll do chocolate milk. <laughs> I also know that Butler was killed yes. in the early onsets of the revolt. Okay, yeah. We'll fix that later. We'll <laughs> fix that later. Okay, so uh, as Max said, you know, Jean Butler was a priestess. Uh, she was born on Comos. Her parents are unknown. And that's kind of a hint, hint, hint right there as to what this little lady could be. Um, she will later marry this man called Tether Butler, and he was a Logistos in Comos. Um, they had no children, even though they did kind of had a child, but it was, it died. 
Uh, and she was the leader of the revolt of Comos versus Ruchis, and then later on she became the leader of the Butlerian Jihad, which she gave her name to it. And she served in the Jihad for the first 20 years. And then the Jihad continued for another 70 after her. So she was busy. Uh, Jihad was trained as a priestess, and she was also trained as a Bene Gesserit within Comos. Um, so the Bene Gesserits have been around for a while. That's all I'm going to say about them. I have very mixed feelings about the Bene Gesserit. Sometimes I love them, sometimes like these fucking bitches. <laughs> it was them. <laughs> Especially this, in this situation, it was them. But we'll get to that. Uh, either out of her choice or that of the order, she married Tether Butler. And he was a logisto of Siena, which was one of the 10 administrative cities of Comos. And, you know, that's kind of wink, wink, interesting that the historian wrote, uh, I forgot to mention this because I'm super professional. The, the source of this comes from the encyclopedia, the Dune Encyclopedia, which I don't want to say how I found it, but I found it very difficultly. I found it. But yeah, that's the source. That's the source. And then a bunch of Dune wikis. But yeah, that's the main source. Um, but I mean, I always found it very interesting the historian wrote in the article, like, yeah, either out of her choice or that of the order, which obviously we know that he's talking about the Bene Gesserits that she married Tether. I mean, I was, it's just them moving, moving pieces, moving pieces from the background. I guess you can't say bastards because it's all women. You can say witches. witches. That's the bad word for them. They don't. They, <laughs> yeah, that is a bad word for them. And so it's appropriate. We can call them the witches. Um, in the same year that they were married, they traveled to this. Well, Jihan traveled to the city of Pylos, which is the capital of Comos. Uh, and she entered the hospital with for assistance with the birth of their baby because both of her and Tether were a little a little older then was more the custom of a marriage age in Comos. They were, you know, a little excited for the birth of the baby, but they were also cautious. Um, when she awoke from being, uh, from the birth, uh, she was told, her and Tether were both told uh, that the baby, which they decided to name it Sarah, which is kind of biblical, just saying that it was chosen that, but that the baby had to be aborted because um, the doctor explained that the child had been severely deformed and it couldn't survive. So the abortion was the most merciful thing that they had to do. I just forgot to mention that the doctor was also the first program robot in Comos. That's important. That's very important for everyone in the, in the listeners here to remember that. Um, here's, the, here's the thing though, here's the, here's the question. She was trained as a Bene Gesserit. You're gonna tell you're gonna tell her that you're gonna tell Bene Gesserit that the baby was deformed, and they had to abort it. And you're not gonna realize that a Bene Gesserit will know if something's wrong with her body. Like they have full control of their whole body. They have full control of even right down to the molecular level. Are you gonna tell her that something was wrong? Yeah, they're like the greatest uh, energy practitioners, whatever they claim to know everything that's going on with their body. The Benny Gesserit could actually do that. Yeah, I mean, they're the proto-Jedis, basically. 
Yeah, that's a better way to say yeah. that. So with time, Jean became to believe that something was up with what the hospital and the doctor was doing, that something the, the abortion was really unnecessary. Um, this is the part that I kind of that I really like because she did a little sneaky sneak in the in, to find information. So using her husband Tether's access as a logisto, uh, she began to hack, you know, information and she figured out that the, she found evidence that the hospital director, and as I mentioned, he was the first robot, the first thinking machine, Comos, um, had created a program that was uh, doing carrying out unjustified abortions. It was basically doing a population control. That's what the program was doing and it was determining whether or not which babies to kill and unfortunately uh Jean baby got 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 so using that information uh she went to the her fellow priestess of Khabib which I've heard I heard another person call him Khabib the the priestess of Khabibi and that was adorable and then I heard another one call him the Priestess of Khabib. And I'm like, ah, but Khabib sounds cuter. Sounds like it sounds like a little K-pop band. Um, <laughs> Except not at all. <laughs> well, what you say? I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't want to get in PC jail. Um, <laughs> so she went to the Priestess of Khabib for their assistance in the creation of a movement against the domination of Comos for Richie. So basically, uh, she went to them to uh, for them to help everyone get equipped with the idea that need to get the big guy out because Comos not only was in an agricultural planet, it was heavily religious. So whatever the priestess said, it was done. It was carried. It was believed. It was law. So while that was going on, um, Jian and Tether began their own version of a Me Too movement within Comos um, because they were using both Tether's administrative skills and Jian's talents <laughs> as Bene Gesserit to move the people. Uh, and this is this is a terrible name for a movement because I don't know how you can hashtag this. Uh, the, the movement was called the Front for the End of the Komen Exploitation. You can't hashtag yeah. that. You can't. I'm sorry. Whoever's their publicist, their marketing people. No. Whoever's going to run their Instagram, so sorry for that person. I mean, they can't, they can't run an Instagram because they're against all of that. Yeah, I was going to say, they're heavily agriculture. You can't have technology. No. Well, I mean, how they, well, no. Well, some, some is okay. Not the whole thing, though. As long as well, self-thinking technology. Exactly. So the movement, as I mentioned, was a success. And also with the priestess, with their preaching, you know, everyone was on board with the getting rid of Richie's from the whole planet. So the I'm I'm trying to decide whether or not if I want to read my notes or if I want to go with my memory because I I know this story pretty well to kind of like tell it. Go off the dome. All right, let's go off the dome for this part. So this is the part that gets interesting. So since these people had no ships, they had to basically hijack the ships that they were using to send the 
tributes the send the plants the fruits the the animals because Comos had a bunch of good territory for both planting and animals so the planet was used for everything so they hijacked these ships that they were going to be sending tributes over to over cheese so they're on their way there you know tethers being a brilliant little mindfucker and then jen's doing her brilliant mindfuck in the other corner over there and there's a quote here that i really want to read and see say says uh this is from the encyclopedia it says the quote says how however when human genius combined with movement in the tides of the people new directions results which is a combination of the butler what was the butlerian jihad which basically talks the merging of tether's administrative brilliance and Jian's also tactical and the most important thing that Jian brought was mercy. Because of both of these things together, the Balearian Jihad or the Crusade or the revolt, which is at this point, let me correct this, let me correct myself. At this point, it is basically the revolt on Ruchis. It was going to win. It was going to be a success. So as the Comans are heading towards Ruchis, you know, uh, they're going to be turning the revolt against their oppressors. They're going to be fucking up everybody in Ruchis. Uh, So once they get there, you know, surprise, surprise, Ruchis is basically completely run by robots. The whole, everyone in the planet has surrendered themselves to thinking technology um, to the point that robots are determining how people feel, uh, how they, what they think, how they look like they're, you know everything it's them and their scientists who are helping the robots do this which is pissing off the priestess of khabib when they see this and everyone from comos who also sees this who are also on the other ships are freaking out because you know their overlords are you know mindless humans who have surrendered themselves to robots it's basically like Wally times a thousand, but worse. And not fun for humans. Exactly, not fun for them, not fun for everybody. And not nice uh, robots. No, not nice robots. Not, yeah, not nice robots at all. Okay, so one of the interrogations they started doing to one of the doctors was this doctor called G. Demlin, which in one of the podcasts I was listening to this story basically said that is that is the most lamest sci-fi name in sci-fi history and then the other dude said but what about duncan idaho and i'm like that's a point he's got a fair point that's a point there though but his name changes that's a point this doctor or duncan oh yeah duncan idaho's name changes yeah, yeah, yeah 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 oh not the doctor. Duncan's does. Oh, spoilers. spoilers, guys. Jason Momoa may be coming back. Well, kinda. Kinda. Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because in the I kind of understood what they did in, in Children of Dune and the sci-fi version. And because it is Duncan Idaho, but he's different, so kind of different but in the book it's i don't know i don't know how they're gonna do it in the movie but you know what good for them it's not my problem i just get to go watch it and talk about it later i'm talking about jason momoa jason momoa is gonna be very interesting as uh as height which is his name <laughs> although it's gonna be very interesting if they keep bringing jason momoa back every time they bring back duncan idaho I. Uh, 
really hope they do it for some of the other rebirths. Because it's it would be hella fun to see Duncan Idaho, which one? Uh, 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 the three thousand version of Duncan Idaho, which is when he's with the God Emperor and all those fish speakers are doing their orgy and he's having a a fit about it. He's all grossed out. And he's the human and sandworm, tries- like half creature thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're giving spoilers. That's what happens when you get Doom people get together, start talking about the god emperor and whether or not he has a penis he doesn't it's all flaps and, and spice but you can suck on these flaps i don't want to talk about that's gross i will stand by nope none <laughs> you can survive on me for a week <laughs> so okay as we were saying we're talking about doctor from from cheese so his name is demlin and then he was being interrogated by the head priestess of Komos, which was this lady called Urania, which is again, super sci-fi name right there. Um, and he was being an arrogant little bitch and he was being super prideful and he was taking all the credit about what he was doing, you know, and while he's doing this, Urania is getting mad because not only is he, you know, being prideful and being disrespectful about the whole thing. He's basically going against the tenets of their faith. Most importantly, he's going against the tenets of, of humanity, you know, human value, human worth. And then at one point he starts insulting the priest, the, 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 the priestess, and then the goddess herself. And then, you know, that's a, it's a big red line. So he was insulting the goddess. He was insulting the priestess. And uh, at one point he was about to speak bit on the image of the goddess and Urania was not going to have none of that crap so she took her ceremonial knife and killed him she sliced his neck uh, afterwards you know the following day once the, these events were carried out uh, jihad was officially proclaimed within the faithful of Komos so everyone who followed the religion of Khabib was on board with the jihad to liberate everyone from the thinking machines and what was the quote says, uh, it says the thinking machines and all who find their gods within them. So every, it, not only we were going to liberate people from computers and calculators, we're going to, everyone who's also super attached to them, it's also going to die. <laughs> yeah. It's a little extreme though. They, they went, so they were like super into computers and everything was controlled by a computer and then went way in the other direction of exactly zero computers. So Gian was the only one who's not eager, e- eager to go into war. She was the only one who kept trying to preach some sort of merciful, compassionate way to approach the situation um but mostly because she was concerned about what's going to come you know the atrocities of war or the all the ruthlessness of the crusades the deaths um which kind of familiar to a certain paul atreides because you know he spends half of his life trying to stop the jihad but the jihad is gonna happen regardless again that's a spoiler we're not really a spoiler because he kind of says it in the movie that he's like complaining about it already yeah yeah that's the other interesting thing though whether or not these two figures 
were shaped by these events were they shaped by the jihad that's already about to happen or going to happen or whether or not that jihad was shaped by them being that initial spark big questions you guys that's the big questions we're we're asking here in the doomcast we can't call it doomcast i don't know what to call it yet Dune. I was trying to come up with something clever. Spicy talk. Dune, you know. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Do you know? TM, you can't copyright that now. <laughs> okay. So, as I was saying, so Jean was the only one who's trying to preach, you know, uh, mercy about all of this. But everyone with what they saw in Comos, you know, the, all the horrors and all the, all the robot people they saw there, uh, they were not super keen on doing this more, merciful, mercifully, especially Urania. She was the one who was like stoking the fires on, on them really going at the, on, on going at it. But, you know, because Jian was there, you know, she was a very important component of the Jihad because of that. She was there. She she held mercy, you know. Uh, if the Jihad could always go, could have gone further, but because she was there, she always held it back. Um, but that's not always the case because once she dies, um, it all goes to shit. So that happens later. We can't we can't get to that part yet of her death. No, not yet. Because not yet, not yet. That's spoil that's a lot of spoils. Um so there's a there's a little event that I don't know exactly how to place it in the timeline. So I kind of made a little bubble about it. Um because I think this is the one of their earliest attack, big attacks they do uh during the beginning stages of the jihad. Um, which is the attack on the on the on the cloud, which is like tell people it's the cloud, but it's not a cloud, it's a giant ass satellite. Um, okay, so during all this time, communication throughout space was uh, processed through this super mega uh, satellite cloud thing called Transcom, and this is the uh, this is I, I'm not entirely super sure how Frank Herbert is involved in this bit because. It's a lot of names, and I think it's probably. I'm pretty sure it's he is involved in this bit because I'll hold every hold all the information how one leads to another. Uh, so the whole computer, the computer system is called Transcom. The system is operated out of a central computer called Centrans, which is on board a, an artificial satellite called Cenaform, and about twelve thousand worlds more or less depend on it. Because this is how everyone communicates through space travel. And this is how you tell people, hey, I'm going through here and don't bump into me and all that stuff. So, yeah, the, the crusade attacks that and fucks it up, you know, disrupts all that in the early stages of the war. It basically leaves 12,000 worlds without any forms of communication. And that's terrible. Yeah. Which is much better because, well, we don't want to talk about it. I was going to say there's another Herbert that it's a little more confusing. 
<laughs> but because of that, because of what they did, though, um, it does kind of leave um, the pathway open for not only the Imperium, but also the Spacing Guild and Chome. Chome shows up a lot. So again, it's another thing with Herbert and his little dominoes things. And one lead, one one small event will lead to another bigger, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. I do love if you go on the Dune Wiki the picture for the Crater Vault. It's just a hand holding wires. The the hand, the hand, the hand is the hand, and then the other one of the. Do you have you seen the one with the cross? Yeah. The cross is really cool. I just like how silly the hand is. <laughs> uh, so one of the many operations the fleets were doing, um, the, the biggest example of this is doing the Battle of Lurda and 199 BG, uh, which they basically were blocking, but leaving a path for people to escape. So Lurda had like a moon and then the big planet, and then they were like kind of showing everyone, hey, we have a big-ass army, so everyone who was in the moon will move to the big planet, and then they will block the planet off, so by doing that, they were forcing people to surrender not by force, but by power. Wait, did I do that right? They were, sh they were, they were demonstrating their they were demonstrating their power and not using their force right that's right that sounds right that sounds right yeah because there were there were very little there were there weren't a lot of casualties during the, these um maneuvers that they were doing i think the most that i think during this battle i think there was some the one in Lurda. i think this is the one that happened yeah this is the one they only had suffered like around 200 and it was just like a couple of scout ships. They were trying to outrun the blockade, but they got kaboomed. Um, but yeah, yeah, kaboom. Oh. But yeah, most it was just mostly very really bloodless uh, victories. And again, all of this is because of Jean. She was there and she held everyone back from you know going crazy. Uh, but but it was during the attack on Carthagos that the you know the the things didn't play out the same way even though they were doing the same maneuvers that they were doing in Lilurda, they were blockading the one of the moons and forcing everyone to the central planet and then blocking the planet off um Gian was on board of her ship which was called the sarah three which is kind of sad because you know they named baby Sarah, so they obviously had to add another Sarah, which was another ship, and that one must have blown up, and now she has a Sarah three. So that's sad. Um, so yeah, she was on board the Sarah. The what? I was gonna say I've always thought of it as like the Sarah three just had technical issues, never got blown up because <laughs> it's less sad. <laughs> Oh, I mean, then they won't explain what happened to her then. She's still stuck there in space, which is even more sad. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's just at a dock somewhere, just waiting to get repaired. <laughs> Hoping that someone will find her one day. Yeah. <laughs> See, less sad. <laughs> uh, we're saying this because uh, her ship hit a landmine and blew up. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to find a cuter where like, and she kind of passed away. No, her ship hit a land, a, a land mine, the, uh, a space mine. We can't call it a land mine. This was a space mine. It blew up. It blew up her ship. It blew up a couple of other ships too. And then the aftermath of this was that everyone in the crusade, everyone who was participating in the Butler and Jihad from the Jihad part, lost their ever fucking mind and went ape shit on Cathargos and blew up the planet. Like they lost their minds. And then it kept going on afterwards because Urania took over. Tether was still around because Tether was the tactical mastermind about this. And that became also a point of content according to the Dune historians, because it was a debate whether or not it was Tether who was the true leader of the Jihad or whether it was Jian who was the leader of the Jihad. Yeah, it, everybody went like super crazy at that one. <laughs> Which I get it. You kill their... Uh not a god emperor but it's like the face of they're the spiritual leader yeah so during all of this uh the during all this mess uh the not during this mess at some point during a hundred years of the of the of the jihad the the entire population of comos moved to rachis I heard a different podcast and different stuff that I read said different ways. I've heard that the people from Ruchis moved to Comos, and then I heard another one said the people from Comos went to Ruchis. Either way, one of them moved to the other planet. And this is very important for stuff that happens later on after the Jihad, uh, especially later on in the future, about 10,000 years after this, when we get to the dune events uh these two planets play a very important role okay so uh after jihan's death she was recognized as a tactical genius whose main concern was the lives of her soldiers and the lives of her enemies so like i said compassion she was compassionate Uh, her compassion and her mercy were her main drive and the motivator tether survived his wife and after Jian's death, the jihad continued for another 70 years afterwards, and it was a mess. It was very bloody, very bloody. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, like her, the validity of her leadership in the jihad was um, questioned up later on by historians. Um, but given that in Komen culture, women do hold very high points in society, it was not debated for long that whether or not uh jihan was both the moral and spiritual leader of the jihad and it's like you know this is evident because after she died everything went crazy like i mentioned like a thousand times because that's important (laughs) now this is the real question why this woman i think that's the big question of all of it no one really knows why i mean she's obviously was a great leader but I mean, the answer could always be her baby was killed. Yeah. But other babies were being killed, too. I've always viewed it as her baby was killed and she exposed all the other babies being killed. So she stopped, like, exposed the baby murder. So it was because, you know, she was the one 
who suspected something and did something about it, you know, she she gets that special treatment in the whole story. It, it's not yeah. because, you know, she was a Benny Gesserit who was trained by the Benny Gesserits who let me keep, let me let me continue on because there's there's well, there's a few more things to get through. Okay. Uh, okay. So, but but you know, I don't hate the Benny Gesserits. I want to make that clear. I don't hate them. I'm just suspicious of them. I don't think them. you could get canceled for just, them. What? <laughs> I don't think they could cancel no, you. I mean, I'm just very suspicious of them. I'm very weary of them, but I don't hate them that much. Um, Jihan Butler was will be known. Uh, to billions as a living flame of a woman. And this flame was not a consuming flame, but a beacon, a guide. Uh, this flame led the crusade for the first 20 years. And then once that flame died, the jihad became a flame of destruction, which is, again, it was a very important point. Um, because afterwards, that's what basically defines the whole universe. And that's when we get the Orange Catholic Bible. And it's that's when we get the whole... Thou shall not make, uh, wrote it, I wrote it right here. Uh, the quote says from the Orange Catholic Bible, thou shall not make a machine in the likeness of a human mind, which is punishable by death. Um, thou shall not suffer a witch to mm -hmm. which is what makes the Bene Gesserits very bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the jihad cleared the way for the establishment of House Corino, and that was also helped by the saddle car. Um, which will later become the Imperial House of Power, the monopoly of space travel that was held by the Spacing Guild and Chome. Uh, and none of these organizations existed before the Great Revolt. The, the houses, the noble houses were, were good. They, they, they existed pre-Jihad and they were post-Jihad, so they were fine. Um, but this is the big thing though. There was a gigantic vacuum a technological vacuum in the universe. You know, planets that depending on technology were left in the dark. Uh, people were dying by the billions because of this. <laughs> this is the fun. I was going to say the fun aftermath of the jihad, but this is this is the 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 unex well, unexpected thing. You were trying to liberate. They were trying to liberate people from a from a philosophical tide, and then they ended up killing more people because of the, their attempt um yeah but like i said the systems of commerce and government and trade and transportation and communication all were done through thinking machines that you had erupted disrupted that so you know planets both large and small uh that use this simple methods as to carry their task uh woof up and that's basically it and then um because humanity can't live without technology, this is this is the this is when Comos and Rishis kind of like slides back in into the picture. Um, some technology was kind of allowed as long as it didn't cross the line. I think you mentioned as long as it didn't think either. Yeah, it can't be thinking. Yeah, it doesn't. It can't think. So <laughs> it can't be a calculator. That's why we have mantats, uh, which I. It could be like a like an espresso machine. Would espresso be fine. machine is fine. Which I always, I've always thought of you as a mentat. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see you as a mentat. 
works. I'll take You're that. Welcome. You're welcome. I'm trying to decide whether or not it could be a David Lynch mentat or a Villeneuve mentat. That's what I was waiting on. I was like, where are you going with that? <laughs> I'm like, are we are we going to have smeared purple lips? <laughs> are we going to have the little thing in the lips? I don't, I don't know which one, though. I don't remember how they look. Oh, he had like a purple, a, a purple weird little hat in the in the sci-fi version. I think that's what he wore in the. I don't even remember. It's been a while. It's been a while. But yeah, like I was saying, technology was needed, but it can't cross the boundaries. So that's where worlds like the Ixians and the Benitelaxus showed up. And it's a fun fact, these worlds are origin were Comos and Rishis. I don't remember which is which, but you know, the the Ixians create technology and it's technology that doesn't cross the lines to thinking. And then the Talaxu uh, create biotech and they're famous for their clones, their face dancers and their golas, which is what I called you earlier. And golas have metal eyes because according to them, it makes them better. Uh, the Ixians are the combination planet. The Ixians. The Ixians. I don't, which one? I think, is it the Thalaxia who have the oxalato tanks, which is the the women vagina tanks? I think it's the Thalaxia. Yeah. yeah it's the Thalaxia. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about those or not. I mean, <laughs> I feel pretty calm. I feel pretty okay saying stuff from like Chapter House and Heretics because I don't think we're going to get those movies because again, those were supposed to be a trilogy that Frank Herbert didn't finish because he passed away. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't consider what Brian and Kevin wrote as the ending. I'm sorry. It was supposed to be one book, not two. That's my defense. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it's okay. I can I can spoil things from Heretics and Chapter House. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, I gotta spoil something from Chapter House because after the jihad, the only other place with actual computers was Chapter House, which was the Bene Gesserit secret home planet, which uh, the computer had all the it had the database of all the families that they were keeping checks off and following down to make sure which one's the which one was the quasi was going to come from yeah they the Benny Jesuits controlled like everything behind Benny the Benny Jesuits are sneaky sneaky I was trying to relate them to something in history they're like what people claim the Knights Templar are how so uh, for a long time, people said the Knights Templar, like, or the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. That's a better one. They're more like the Illuminati, where they control everything in the back end, and some people suspect it, but most people are like, no, you're crazy. It's just all these other things and not the secret group of people controlling it in the world. I can I can sort of see the Bene Gesserits as the Illuminati of Dune. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. They're they're see and they're like a fake religious organization. And so. they do they do uh, manipulate from behind the scenes. They they plant lies in order to you know 
well, I was going to say a plant fake religions, but it's the same thing as planting lies <laughs> to help themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a one to one, but it's a close. It's close. It's close to them. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is oh, this is the part. This is the part. Oh Jesus. Uh, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. Because we're going to talk about Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson's Dune Legends. Because I don't want to get sued. We're going to talk about their versions of the Butler and Jihad, which uh, he wrote. They wrote them in three books. Uh, the the They're called, what the fuck is it? it a, uh, it's called the Butler and Jihad. Uh, Dune the Butler and Jihad, Dune the Machine Crusade, and Dune the Battle of Corin. Um, before I start explaining the story, I'm going to rant about it because great for Brian Herbert for loving his dad super much. Brian Herbert loves his dad a lot. Also, Frank loved his loves Brian, Brian a lot, but he also had another son. I don't hear him talking about that son a lot. Also, Frank's dead. He died in like 86. So it's fine. I can't say all these things about him. But not about Brian. He's still alive. Uh, I, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to think about nice words to say about this, these stories. Because, you know, we've learned about Jian. We know about this. We learned about a philosophical war to liberate mankind from thinking machines that ultimately got out of hand, which is cool. Kinda, kinda. But then Brian and Kevin wrote Terminator for Dune. Yeah. This is I don't I don't know spiritually how to feel about that. Because it literally took the turn the whole robot um human thing and they went literal with the whole thing. Yeah. Which is just strange. First of all, let's begin. Let's begin with the obvious. We don't have Jean Butler. We have Serena Butler. She's still a butler, though, but her name is Serena. Which I don't. I don't know why. And it's like a reference to Sarah. I've always kind of wondered. Mm-hmm. Serena, Sarah, it's close. Close enough. Yeah. But I just, it's just weird. Why the name changed though? It was already established she had a name. And I think even in even um God Emperor mentions her name. Even he mentions, I think he mentions Serena uh Gian Butler. Mm. Oh well. Maybe. Maybe. I'm trying to rack my brain. Uh, the book is too far away from me right now to go pick it up and start yeah. going through it. But okay, let's go. So Serena Butler was the daughter of the Viceroy of the League of Nobles. Uh, and her love interest was the military forces commander. His name was Xavier Harkonnen. Because we need to have the Harkonnens in the picture. Uh, and as I mentioned, he was the league, he was the league's captain and Seleucus Secundus. Because Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson love to name drop because love to remind you you're reading a Doom book. It's fine. I don't want to say anything terrible. The computers are actual artificial race. There's, you know, they're their own people. And they're governed by this super machine called Omnius. 
uh, and he has an army of Cymex, and they're in base. The Cymex are. Uh, did you saw Bo- the book of Boba Fett? Not yet. Ah, okay, let me see if I can. Exp- okay, Doctor Who. Okay, yep. the Cybermen. The okay, so the Cymex are basically if you take the Cyberman, but not the human part and just the brain part. So it's just that they take the brain and put them in a canister and then put them inside the Cyberman. But then you can take the canister brain out and then put it in another body that could be bigger. And then you can keep doing that. That's the Cymex. That's basically what they were doing. And then at the beginning, there were 20 Cymex, which were the originals, and they call themselves Titans, because why not? And why they, not? They, the, the, Titans, the Titans were named after historical figures. Uh, this, I'm not going to name all of them. I've just chose three. Uh, well, actually four. One of them is Erasmus. Another one is Circe. And then we have Barbarossa. And then Agamemnon. And then Agamemnon is, is the Atreides. Agamemnon's the Atreides here. He's the father of, what I think it's Vorian Atreides. And then he's a servant to a Cymec, and Vorian is super cool, super in love with the robots. <laughs> uh, we also have this group of witches, which are little witches, and they're called the Sorceress or Rosak. Uh, they will eventually will become the Bene Gesserit. Uh, and there are these psychic ladies who can use their psychic brain powers to blow up the Cymex brains inside their canisters. As I mentioned, they will become the Bene Gesserits. So Serena is captured by... this. Is, I'm just going to explain the first one, which is how the wars begin, because I don't want to go into the other two, especially the Battle of Corino, the Battle of Corin, which... I don't understand why all of these events have to take place in the same time. It doesn't make sense. Because while all of this is happening, you also have the whole deal with the Sensuni people who eventually will become the Fremen happening at the same time of all of this mess. Why? Again, okay, come on. I'm going to get angry. Uh, so Serena is captured by... So she's captured by the robots and she's taken by to Erasmus, who's a robot who's he's interested in understanding how humans work. And he's doing that by dissecting humans. So he's figuring us out by doing that, especially our emotions. Uh, during this time, Sharina is pregnant with Xavier's baby because why not? Uh, and Erasmus kind of takes an interest in liking to her because, you know, she's the special, unique heroine girl who just happens to be there on a casual Tuesday and gets picked up by a robot. So it happens to everybody. Uh, but you know, she's pregnant. She gives birth to a baby boy. She names it Manion. Uh, and Erasmus doesn't like that because she's too more, she's the baby's crying a lot. She's paying more attention to the baby, not paying attention to the robot. So Erasmus kills the baby and then he plucks her vagina out of her body. Well, it's her uterus. He, you get the picture. He, he, he takes out her uterus. And uh, the, the jihad begins. Uh, the Manion becomes the first martyr for the jihad. And the first big victory for the humans in the jihad is that they blow up Earth. Yeah. Which I forgot to mention that in the in the encyclopedia, they mentioned the Earth is still around during Doom. 
during the events of Dune. It's not mentioned. It's it's you know they don't talk about it, but Earth is still around. But in the in the encyclopedia version of the jihad events, after the Butlerian and after all of that was done, when House Corino is about to be established, they go to Earth to um, sign the papers or make the whole thing official. Like that's the whole ceremony. They go to Earth here to do it, and then it's officially done and then we move forward to where we are now well later on in the story uh so yeah that's the that's the story of the jihad that's the that's the whole thing that's how sorry we don't have robots in dune and why dune looks like a really weird sci-fi movie without any robots in it even though it's a sci-fi movie it's because there are no robots allowed <laughs> no it's a big no no um so which one do you, which version of the jihad is your do you subscribe to i always do the original um i really like it the most mainly because i feel like it's what frank herbert intended mm-hmm so I've always just stuck with that one, which was kind of the first story we said, not the second part. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it's also in the books themselves, even though in the encyclopedia it's its own little bubble within connected to the larger Dune story. And God Emperor, he sees the jihad and he does mention a bunch of this stuff, and he even mentioned that it's a it's it's a philosophical war more than a an actual war war yeah which is what i've always kind of believed it was more of a philosophical thing it was more of the search for the freedom of mankind that a literal freedom of mankind from i was gonna say r2d2 but again that's i don't want to get trouble with disney Freedom Mankind from the calculator. Yeah, there you go. From TI-83s. Oh, I was looking for one at work today and I couldn't find it. I was driving me insane. I don't think Texas Instrumental Sue us, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's a there's a, a, there's a, a kind of belief, belief that, um, Jean, that uh, Frank gave Jian, the the name the surname Butler out of this uh this writer from the 19th century called Samuel Butler. Have you heard of the this 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 white man? No, I have not. Okay, so it is believed that he named her after him as a literary allusion, um, because in his novel called Erwan Erwan something like that it was published in, yeah it was published in 1857 and it's depicting people who are overthrowing machines out of fear the machines will out evolve them and a quote a quote from chapter nine of that book which basically kind of like gives an extra little sprinkling to this whole little dune intro of the of the Balearian jihad says <clears throat> 
About 400 years previously, the state of mechanical knowledge was far beyond our own, and it was advancing with prodigious rapidity until one of the most learned professors of hypothetics wrote an extraordinary book from which I propose to give extras later on, proving that the machines were ultimately destined to supplant the race of man and to become instinct with with validity as too different from and superior to that of animals and as animals to vegetable life. So convincing was his reasoning and unreasoning to this effect that he carried the country with him and then made a clean sweep of all machinery that had not been used for more than 271 years and strictly forbade all further improvements and inventions. It's basically the jihad. It's right there. Yeah. I actually was just sitting here pulling him up. Frank was like, I... Frank was like, ooh, you know what? I'm going to make a whole ass story out of this. Well, not really. It was it was Oregon that kind of inspired him to, do, to write Dune. Which at some point, at some point we'll get to we'll we'll do a whole whole episode on Frank Herbert. This little tubby man with that bearded bearded face of his. He loved her. Who so loved much. his wife a lot. He loved her so much. That's loved a lot of love right there. Um so what have you learned I learned a lot about the jihad and the pre before it that I did not know. Thank you, Jose. You're welcome. Yo, you're welcome. I'm just, you know, I'm fisting knowledge into you your brain. I'm to show you that tea video that I have to show other people a lot. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Consent is like tea. <laughs> then I told you what was going to be the next official to- topic so we can tell the people what we're going to be talking about next. Yeah. <laughs> What's the next topic? Shit, hold on. You're gonna have to cut this out while I pull it up because my brain just straight <laughs> up blanked it out. The Benny Jesuits. We're gonna be talking about the sisterhood of the Benny Jesuits, aka the witches, aka these bitches are everywhere. They control everything. Fear. They control everything. That might be a two-part episode, actually. Don't think of it because it's a lot of. It's a lot of ground we got to cover. It is and. Even the little bit I know about the Benny Jesuits, which is just what's in the books. Every time you turn the page, it's more of them. Oh, and get ready when you start. When I started like skimming through the article, the other articles, because I was like debating on either doing them or doing Ibrahim von Holtzman. Because I was like, oh, not, not, not a lot of people know about him. And I thought it was going to be cool. But then I was like, oh, the Benny Jesuits are like a little more flashy than talking about some space guy. Uh, so yeah, also, this is not technically a huge spoiler. There are no aliens in Dune. There's, there's a theory, because they might they kind of find something, but it's not officially proven, but there's no aliens in Dune. So everyone we're going to talk about or we're mentioning is all humans who have either evolved to look like little goblin people which are the Ixians 
well, they mutated themselves to look weird, which are the Talaxu fish people human evolution or the fish talkers yeah there's no yeah oh, fish 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 uh for a second my brain just went crazy and i started thinking about the hunter mantra so i'm like nope no that's that's it's 300 3000 years wait is it 3000 years after the event of god yeah. emperor yes it's like 2000 more or less by the way, if anyone wants to follow along with the timelines being talked about in here, there is a really good timeline on the Dune fandom wiki. We're going to post Dune, uh, post, uh, show, I'm going to post a bunch of stuff on the show notes. So people want to like do follow along, they can <laughs> or not. It's up to you guys. I don't care. Some of you are contractually obligated to listen to this. So yeah, that's uh that's the first one on Dune on the Dune lessons. At some point I want to figure out a proper name for these things. So we don't just call them Dune Lessons. I wish we were in like Milwaukee. We could say Dune Chinow. <laughs> Neither Dune of us Chinow. are from up there, so that doesn't count. <laughs> Dune Chinow, we're gonna be talking about no, that sounds terrible. I should learn. I should learn how to do impressions. If can only do a few. All right, so that's it for today, and then we're gonna be hopefully back soon. Yeah, and then we'll talk some more. And then uh, yeah, okay. Well, good night, everyone. Be safe. Don't do anything illegal. Good night, everybody. Night. <laughs>